Welcome to the very first edition of Jersey Arts, the podcast, a production of State of the Arts, NJN Public Television's weekly arts program. I'm Amber Edwards. On our recent stage and screen episode, Christopher Benincasa produced a story about Edward Albee's new play, Me, Myself, and I, which premiered at the McCarter Theater in Princeton in January 2008. Albee began his rise to fame with his first play, The Zoo Story. He then proceeded to skyrocket to fame with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which was adapted into a film now regarded as a modern classic. Albee has a special relationship with New Jersey, specifically with McCarter Theater and its artistic director, Emily Mann. Albee was featured on State of the Arts last time he had a play at McCarter, a revival of his deathbed drama, All Over. Here's Chris's extended interview with Albee, much of which didn't make it into the story. They started off talking about the challenge of casting for a play that calls for identical twins. This play is unique in that it called for identical twins. Now you auditioned many identical twins. I take it you were disappointed in all the real identical twins out there? Yeah, they couldn't act terribly well. Or they weren't, one of them could act better, much better than the other. Or um, neither of them could act well enough for this or that. It didn't work out. We got fairly close with a couple, but their, their, their twinship ultimately was more noticeable than, than their being right for the roles. Because I, I tend to write fairly complex and realistic roles for people. Sort of toward the end of it, we just finally got the two people we thought to be right. We wait until we get it right. You have two plays where there, where there are twins. In, the, in this one, the, the, the twins are more central than they've ever well, been. Well, in one of the plays, only one of the twins is, is still alive. In the American Dream. Right, in the American Dream, yeah. The family who wants to adopt this other boy has already dismembered and killed his identical twin. Right. That's why the play is a comedy. Right. And in this one, that way you'll find out. A lot of the identical twins who auditioned, who ended up not being uh, selected, were, were like, oh, Mr. Albee, he really knows twins. We think he's a twin like us. <laughs> I know, but uh, I, did my, I did my homework and my research. And uh, <clears throat> since I'm a writer, I have to imagine what it is like to be identical twins. It's my job. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. I've never been a woman. I write female characters, believably, apparently. So how do I do that? It's my job. You've described writing, writing plays specifically, as something that should be instructive, corrective, useful. As all art should be. Merely being decorative and escapist is not enough. Any work of art that's any good makes us uh, think differently about things. Uh, the first time Cezanne painted a tree blue, we'd never thought the trees were blue before, but after Cezanne got finished, we went outside and we could see the trees were blue. Uh, it, it happens in, in, in all of the arts. Music makes us think differently about things. Uh, theater does, novels. Everything makes us think differently about uh, our, our perceptions one of the functions of art. One thing that I like that you said is that, uh, among other things, a play can inspire people to become intelligent voters. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we had a few more in this country. <clears throat> yeah, we have to have a more informed electorate. I, I go around lecturing all the time, telling people in our public schools in this country, generally speaking, there are two things we don't teach. We don't teach the arts, and we don't teach government. So people don't learn why they should vote, and the responsibilities of voting, and what the issues are. I want, I want a more intelligent and responsible relationship between the art and the recipient. 
The producer of the 1962 production of Virginia Woolf um, told you that the play begins with you and that it can never be done without you. I'm not sure entirely what that means, um, but it sounds like something a lot of striking writers would like to hear from a producer today. Well, uh, the problem is that uh, theater does exist. All arts begin with the person who creates the arts, and everything else is interpretation and response to them. And therefore, the person who makes the arts is the most important to be paid attention to in the arts. Interpretation can be valid, it can also be distorting. And so, the artwork itself is, is the essential element. You have described many times scriptwriting as a pregnancy. And you've also described your, your process of discovering plays uh, within yourself. You're happy to let the unconscious Aldi mm. write your plays for you. Of course. I can't, but I, I, I like to think that it's doing that. And your, your less metaphysical explanation of artistic output was, it's like the way a dog before it craps wanders around in circles. Mm. No, <laughs> I like that. I'd forgotten I said that. Now, how, how did this particular play begin for you? It probably ties into something that's concerned me in a lot of plays, that reality is determined by our need. I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay. Back to craft. You've, you've also compared your craft to composing music. <laughs> and also well, there, there are parallels between playwriting <coughs> and musical composition that don't exist in the novel, for example. Mm. A play is a heard experience. Uh, and uh, we, we notate very much, uh, the way a composer notates with quarter notes and dotted half notes and various things, we, we, we punctuate that way because it is an out loud experience. Even when you read a play, you hear it out loud. The way when you read a novel, you don't hear it out loud. <clears throat> so the relationship, uh, it's supposed to structure a relationship with classical music, formal, a formal relationship, and also methodology, both together which is unique to playwriting. You're in the middle of a, of a very creative process right now. I mean, this is the premiere of this, this play. It's, uh, this is the first time it's Well, this is interpretive now. Creative process is over. I mean, the, the play that I turned in is, is the play, is the creative process. But you're here today for rehearsals. Rehearsals, yes. For rehearsals. Let's, for let's make sure that the translation from the page to the stage is accurate. Anytime I have been requested to make a change that I didn't think was good for the play, but good for commerce, I've been unhappy. But I've never seen a production of a play of mine that made it any better than it was on the page. And I've seen some that made it a lot worse than it was on the page. As you advised Emily, she was sort of fretting uh, in your discussion about, oh, you know, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that, and you, and you say, well, just, just do it the way it's written in the script and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Is, that, is it yeah, as simple sure. as that? Of course, yes. You know, people, when they, when, they, when they take a string quartet, they don't rewrite it. They play the notes that are written. There are many ways of playing notes, right. as long as you play the right notes. Your plays are usually full of humor, but they aren't comedies. They can be tragic, but you don't let them wallow in tragedy. But for you, it's just a play. That's mm -hmm. it. It's just a play. That's what I write. For the sake of the critics, have you ever connected yourself to any movement, any place, anything, any, any other artists at all? Or have you always just been... I'm Edward Albee, I write plays. Well, I, I try not to write plays like anybody else. I try to write plays like me. There are some people that I've learned a great deal from, starting with, in, just for the 20th century alone, Chekhov, Pirandello, Brecht, Beckett. Yeah. Maybe Beckett and Chekhov more than anybody else. Two giant figures in the theater. I'd like to think I've learned from them. 
Well, I've learned from everybody, because you learn what to do from some people, and from other people you learn what to avoid. And that's both very instructive. You're turning 80 in March. So I am. You're turning 80 in March, and, and there is uh, apparently an, an Albi Fest in the works. It wasn't my idea to have an Albi Fest, no. But I, I, it didn't really happen. People didn't get together and say, let's have an Albi Fest. Some of these productions came about without anybody knowing how old I was. They seem to like to do those things. There's going to be another one next year, too. So you said to Emily that you'll inevitably find the fatal flaw in the play, the hideous mistake that Edward made when his mind collapsed one day. Did she find one? Not yet. You're only two weeks in rehearsal. <laughs> You'll find it when it's too late. <laughs> I will go absolutely anywhere, this regarding taboo. Is it I will go anywhere or I want to go? Oh, that would include just about everything, wouldn't it? Fair enough. Can't do a play without nudity. You can't do a play without psychological nudity. You can do it without physical nudity. But uh, if the nudity, physical nudity, is inherent to the character and to the play, then you have nudity and nobody will notice. One question I had to ask. Were you being sincere when you said that a competent playwright should be able to write a play not just about, but in praise of Hitler? You said you could do it. How could this be achieved? I'm just curious. Because you should have the objectivity to write about the individual not about uh, the response to the individual. You should have that ability to do. I have no enthusiasm for writing a play about, about Hitler. Right. No, no enthusiasm, whatever. <clears throat> but one should be able to do it objectively because there was a real person there before he became what he became, before he became a symbol, let's say before the madness set in. Mm. Um, and that was a complex matter. So there was an individual there. A not very good painter, for example. Do you ever see his painting? I, yeah, I have, yeah. One should be able to write a, a play about who he was and how he became what he became, with objectivity. And, and of course, what he became uh, is not going to find favor with many people, nor, nor should it. Right. But you should be able to write it objectively so that we, it's not a, it's not, it's not a, a prejudice piece. Let, let the man hang himself on his own petard. Yeah whatever a petard is. I really like artists' pilgrimage stories, and I liked your W.H. Uh, Auden story. Could, could you tell me your, your Auden story? Well, there are two stories that are interesting. Uh, when I was 18, I went to visit Auden because I, I, I thought I was a poet. And uh, he spent a couple of hours with me going over my poetry, being very generous and very, very nice about it. And then he suggested that I write pornography try writing some pornographic poems. I think basically because he liked pornography and wrote pornographic poems himself. And maybe he wanted to read some other pornographic poems. I don't know. And then there was the other experience I had with Thornton Wilder, who read my poetry and told me to write plays instead. I think he was trying to save poetry from me. Is there anything you want people to know about this new play? That uh, the author thinks it is provocative and interesting and worth your time. But well, congratulations on Albi Fest and your 80th birthday. Thanks. For more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN Public Television Fridays at 8.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 11.30 p.m. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts, 
the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.